everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. I've got a gigantic treat for you today on today's podcast. I'll tell you what, are you a little bit concerned about what's going on in our Congress today? I happen to have an unbelievable American sitting in front of me right now. We have uh, Congressman Zach Nunn from the Iowa 3rd Congressional District. He is a battlefield-tested guy from the Air Force. We are going to cover not only the Afghan Adjustment Act, he is with the Country Caucus, and he and I have been chit-chatting about some great topics. Thank you so much, Representative Nunn, for stopping by. Hey, Stu. I am privileged to get to do it. You have a great group of listeners. Uh, it's an educated group of individuals who are passionate about the future of our country. This is exactly the type of folks I want to be talking and learning from as we march forward on this. So thank you. Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I just really enjoyed what we were talking about. And you've got an airplane sitting on your desk for our podcast listeners. He's got an actually a good looking uh, airplane and you don't look. Okay, what is that, sir? Well, so it's an old Boeing 707 airframe. The last one was built in 64, but the Air Force, God bless us, we're still flying it called a RC-135, different from the KC, which is the tanker. This right. is a reconnaissance version. The uh, short of it is you fly uh, over enemy airspace with about 20 airborne linguists and listed guys who are listening from everything from Farsi to Pashto to Arabic uh, to Russian and really identifying what's happening on the ground, wow. geolocating it, and then we are um, directing the uh, strikes. Uh, we did two tours in Afghanistan with it, another in Iraq, and then I commanded a unit off the coast of uh, Russia that uh, was there to help not only identify what the Russians were doing, but really deter their fighter aircraft. So holy smokes, Batman, that is just cool. I just finished a podcast with George McMillan and we spent two hours uh, just covering absolutely geopolitical energy and having you as an expert in the political arena. And we need you at Congress right now. Well, brother, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, one of the things uh, in my 20 years, I'm still serving on the reserve side now. I have flown more combat missions over the Persian Gulf than I care to remember. And we <laughs> provide a canopy of freedom for energy coming out of the Middle East, which is important. But now we continue to provide a canopy of access for countries like Iran to be able to sell oil illicitly. You notice that none of the ships that have been fired on so far from Houthi rebels are Iranian ships. They're all Israeli or U.S. allied ships. And then we also were part of the final action group that helped evacuate folks from Afghanistan when the U.S. government turned their back on it. So that's kind of what drew me to be a member of Congress and serve. Uh, But it's one of the reasons that I continue to stay in uniform and have this, um, you know, primary job as being a military member. I've got a side hustle where I happen to be in Congress. What a great way to say that. My dad retired as chief of staff of the 8th Air Force. And we were talking about my dad flew F-4s, B-57s, B-57s, B-52s, FB-111s, and about 19 other. He was a flying son of a gun, just like you. So military. Thank you for your family service. And as we highlighted the B-52 and, you know, the F-4 were the workhorse of Vietnam. A lot of good men served. Unfortunately, they didn't all make it back. So a salute to you as both as a kid and a family legacy. That's incredible. You know, that was terrible. I can only imagine what your family has been through as a in the families matter. And yeah. we sit back. I remember watching uh, Carrie testify in Congress and wondering if my dad's going to come back or not. Uh, I, I really don't appreciate that kind of uh, 
I can't even think of another word other than traitorous, but let's get on to some rather right. feathers. I'm sorry for this. No, I, I will quickly say you're absolutely right. And just to your listeners, we just passed out of our Veterans Affairs, uh, the Adam Lambert Act, which was my bill. We led it helps veteran uh, prevent veteran suicide. It's one thing to nice. lose a combat veteran overseas. It's another thing when they come home and they feel like they've got nowhere to turn. So this is a great way to be able to help any veteran who's listening, wow. but really drive down that veteran suicide. So thank you for being some of the inspiration behind that. Oh, thank. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Uh, if you're in the uh, energy and foreign policy, you're right in your wheelhouse. How does that yeah. happen? <laughs> Well, you know, I think any time that you look at a country as great as the United States, and we recognize that America has not only enough domestic energy to uh, support our own needs, we have enough to be an energy broker for the entire world. In fact, a safeguard for countries who need it. I hate right. to see allies in Germany feel like they have to turn first to Russia uh, to right. be able to be successful. I hate that the United States has, you know self-capitulated over this idea of a, a Green New Deal, that we're more likely to buy a car with a battery made from Chinese slave labor mined out of a child-led mine for cobalt in Africa than be able to use the energy that's right here in places like your home state of Oklahoma coming straight out of the ground, or yeah. my home state in Iowa with biofuels that every other row of corn we're growing is going to help sustainable aviation or uh, yeah. keep our truckers on the road. You know, we sit back and we think, I've got about 97 things uh, going through my head on what to, what to ask you here. But when we sit back and take a look, uh, it's kind of frustrating because what we're seeing is not only the renewables, there's 24,000 renewable permits waiting. And you take a look at uh, New York's energy costs uh, and California is uh, ha uh, double. Uh, Texas is half. And right. I actually, uh, Texas does wind, solar, coal, uh, uh, and all uh, wind. All uh, the above. All the above, and they're half. Now, yeah. Chowderhead Kerry said uh, the other day that we're getting rid of all of our coal plants, which is 20% of our base load electricity. Right. And then the EPA released out all these regulations and and uh, the EPA and all the other regulatory under the current administration are doing legislation through regulations. Right. How in the world, Representative Nunn, can we get this done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Stu, uh, you should be asking John Kerry where he's going to plug in his electric hybrid uh, if there's no coal plant left in America, because God bless, that's <laughs> providing the majority of electricity to our grid. We've already tried this experiment with nuclear energy. And when we started decommissioning these plants, we've moved far more uh, to foreign sources of energy, right. ones that have fueled uh, the rise of anti-Semitism, ones that are a direct threat to the United States, whether it's uh, Russia uh, in Eastern Europe or China in Taiwan. Wow. But specifically, uh, it's funded directly. We saw just since the start of, you know, the Biden administration, the amount of oil sales go up for Iran by $80 billion. Now, that's a for your listeners, that's a 400% increase just in his first two and a half years. And as a result, we see Houthi rebels firing on U.S. destroyers. We see Hezbollah launching it, elements with U.S. forces in the Middle East. And we see he uh, Hamas do just a truly horrific and barbaric attack 
against our allies in Israel. It's one of the reasons I, I was proud to co-sponsor the SHIP Act, which basically made sure that Iran did not find safe harbor for their ghost fleet of illegally flagged Iranian fuel tankers. It's also one of the reasons that I've sanctioned Iran's uh, billions of dollars that they have acquired yep. in illicit oil sales all over the world that they now funnel back under humanitarian purposes that end up in terrorist training camps. So these are the key things we need to be able to address. Again, America can be a great exporter of energy for the world. Right. And with that comes a lot of influence. It not only helps uh, you know producers here in America be successful, but it yep. provides stability to some of our best allies in the region to do what they need to do so they're not dependent on you know guys coming out of Tehran and Moscow to be successful for their energy this winter. You know, uh, as as you are giving uh, so many people air cover with your reconnaissance, I would I am so thrilled to give you air cover with all of our listeners and everyone else. We want to make sure that we get any story that you want out there. But let's also take a look at where we're going coming up into 2024 because this yeah. is going to be critical. Uh, what are some of the things that you're hearing up on the Hill? We have the new speaker. Things seem to be going uh, a little bit better. What are you seeing for uh, coming up between now and the end of the year and then 2024? Because it's going to be a zoo. Yeah, Stu. Well, you know, in my home state of Iowa, we get a front row seat to the vision of what the Republican Party is going to do because we have every presidential contender coming out. And they spend time at a oh. pizza ranch at a gas station pump uh, at a church rectory talking to us about these issues. And here's yes. the thing I hear consistently from Iowans who are really the first interview for the future commander in chief. The right. things that impact them are the price of energy writ large. I mean, the amount of energy that we're spending just to heat our homes, right. be able to go to the grocery store. Now, I'm proud to say in Iowa, we have worked hard on domestic energy uh, right. at the pump. We're down to, I think, less than 270 a gallon. So sorry, friends in California and New York. Uh, <laughs> us here in the heartland are doing it the right way. Um, but I want to make sure that D.C. doesn't destroy that, right? Uh, I want to make sure that we continue to march with um, keeping our spending in check. And yep. then the other items that are a national security issue are making sure that we can secure our southern border and Thank the you. threats that are coming from the, to the tune of millions of people coming here with no vetting whatsoever. And Stu, this is what makes me so frustrated. I'm helping lead this Afghan Adjustment Act with the Four Country Caucus. Afghans who served with the U.S. military in the case that we dealt with was a man who did 10 combat tours as our interpreter on the ground in Afghanistan. Yes. He was promised evacuation. And when the U.S. pulled out, his family got left behind. Now, right. a volunteer group of veterans from all over the world, we got on signal, we got on um, encrypted devices, and we were able to acquire, I mean, as an Air Force guy here, my first thought is, let's get some aircraft, let's get these people to safety. We managed to get uh, the Afghan airline to contract with us. We did it through all voluntary dollars, all donors, and a group of uh, volunteer veterans. Wow. We got 3,000 pre-approved Americans and Afghans out who the U.S. Biden administration left behind. And it wasn't out of Kabul. They had to trek eight hours north to Maza Sharif. And now they've been vetted. They're here in the United States. And I'm going to tell you, they are some of the best Americans that you're ever going to meet. My interpreter is now, I'm very proud to say, he's a U.S. citizen. His family's in school with us. And they're taking care of folks right here in Des Moines, Iowa. That's the way to do it. Let those people who have worked, who have earned, who have served wow. with us get through the process successfully. Stop the millions of people coming here illegally who end up being takers from the system rather than contributors. You know, I'm about to cry. I mean, this is what we need. 
I'm like, I'm getting all fired up. Yes. Over the weekend. I'm sorry. I'm getting all worked up. I, I could be a good man for you right behind you, just getting all sweated up and, you know, worked up in some of these meetings. Just turn me loose on the, anyway. Hey, hey, Steve, I, I, hey, I, I, I always need supporting fire. <laughs> uh, now, th- I was watching uh, all the video and you as a strong military man, I could tell how you would stand casually. Of the thousands of guys that were coming across the border this weekend, I watched the Chinese nationals stand there like military men. Those are military age men. Right. They are standing at dress at uh, um, uh, standing at uh, dress ready. Uh, thank you. With, and, with, and I'm with, sitting, with the haircut ready, ready to execute. Right. And I guarantee you, there's military action in. I'm sitting here uh, for my podcast listeners. I've got my uh, I, uh, you know, my I've got a pen and I'm waving it around. <laughs> and Representative Nunn is having to dodge the pen. I'm going to deploy uh, Stu to the, to, uh, to the southern border right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could single-handedly stop the flow. This is absolutely driving me nuts, sir. This is this is not right. These are military age men, and they that's, act military. That's right. And, and here, here's I think our collective concern as a country. Right? Yep. We have seen barbarically what happened at the southern border in Israel when a group of right. people were mobilized, incentivized, and invigorated to go in with the belief that there would be very little consequence. Now, right. so the Israeli government's huge credit. They have gone for it. They've helped save hostages, but they're also destroying the apparatus that made Hamas successful. The United States has a responsibility in this too, not just to Israel, but right. to be able to combat terrorism in the tours that I have done. It's to make sure it didn't end up in the homeland. And after wow. 20 years of service, the last thing I want to see is the guys that we had to fight overseas showing up as the guys that crossed the southern border into the United States. And so when what we, we call this military age male who shows up with a hostile intent, no other purpose than to come across the border to do harm to the United States, this should be ringing klaxon alarms all over the country that we need to take action. We The second bill that we pass after making sure energy independence, HR1, Right. The, was passed through the House was H.R. 2, and that was right. to secure our southern border. Every right. time I'm on one of these calls, to the first ask has to be the administration and the Senate have to come alongside us. We've laid out a great roadmap to be successful in this place, but uh, we need this is a, a two party system here. We need our allies on the other side to recognize this is a real threat. They're starting to sober up. They're showing up in New York every time I fly through the Chicago airport on the way back to Iowa. I, I see the migrant masses who have been abandoned at uh, O'Hare Airport. These are things that we need to address. And these are big cities. You know this all too well. Every little yep. county on the southern border has now become a deposit zone for folks who um, are looking for either a way in or have been sponsored by somebody else, whether it's the cartels, whether it's, you know, elements within the Chinese government, or worse, whether it's a terrorist associated element overseas, trying to find a pathway in, and they're going to end up hiding in plain sight with these migrants who uh, find themselves at the southern border. Well, you know, I I know you've got about two more minutes before you got to run to your next meeting, and I am, or maybe a one minute, and I am so, so appreciative of you. Uh, This podcast is going to roll out as soon as possible, and I guarantee you that I'm Representative Ogles, we're going to keep track because I know this one's going to go just even further than his did. So thank you very much for your service, and we're going to have a lot of fun getting this out. Thank you for your time. Privilege, brother. Hey, and and honestly, keep up the fight. I think the thing that every American can do is 
fight to save their country. And it means being yeah. engaged, being involved, not just in podcasts like this, but making sure that we're holding uh, our elected officials accountable. And then right. recognizing when good things happen, champion that too. Let's work towards solutions. Less time on Sunday morning talk shows, more time in having real conversations with people to get work done. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. I'll see you soon because I can't wait good. to talk to you again. Thank you Thanks very much. You.